We're glad you're here with us today on the Christian Ministries Church podcast. We pray God's word speaks to your heart today as Pastor Chapman Laxton shares the word with us. All year long, our church has maintained this vision uh, for our course through scripture this year, um, and that's that the righteous shall live by faith. Hopefully, if you've been coming to church this year, you've heard that a couple times. Um, and, And through it, we've learned a lot about what the life of faith looks like, um, how to receive it, how to activate it. Uh, we studied in doing so the heroes of our faith. You know, we, we went through the heroes of faith and what were some of the lessons that we could learn. Uh, we, we talked about uh, how to activate our faith and how-tos, the how-tos of faith. Uh, we studied in, in our faith the author of our faith, the, the names of God, and, and what does that do as it prompts our faith, and uh, and I've just loved every single message this year as it's as it's been directed at the idea of the righteous shall live by faith, and uh, and and if you were here last Wednesday, man, I just Nell's message. She was just preaching on something that uh, it, it just was it was so profound, and just don't be a simpleton. Don't don't be. A simple person. See, and, and she made this comment, a simpleton has no ability to access the power of faith because they are constantly looking at everyone else and for anything else outside of their actions, their choices, and why or why not they are successful. And, and that just lined up so perfectly with we don't give power to, or we shouldn't give power to anything else but God, because he's the one. He's the one that we draw from. And, uh, and I just love that. I love what, what Mel did because it just was so timeless. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's what we do to maintain vision here uh, at Christian Ministries, and, and it just lines up with everything else. We've got to have vision for what we're doing. And, and you, if you've come to this church for any period of time, you've heard this scripture, but I'm going to read it, Proverbs 29 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. What you've got to know is we've got to maintain vision. And so this year, we've been talking about the righteous shall live by faith. I pray that over the course of this year, you've determined yourself, I am going to live a life not based upon the circumstances, the people in my life. I'm going to base my life around the life that God would have me live through faith. And with it being the 31st, in faith and living by faith, I'm sure we've all got some goals we're going to set. You know, we, we sometimes, and I'm, and I'm kind of one of the ones, we kind of put a damper on, on having, you know, New Year's resolutions. You know, well, this year I'm going to, but, but like Mel said and pointed out, it's a great time to start something. If you're going to start something new, why not with a new year? You know, um, and I'm sure at the end of this year, you guys are all looking ahead to those goals, all the things that you planned. I mean, I've got certain things that I'm wanting to reach for. I've got certain things that I'm wanting to, uh, to, to pursue. But my question to you this morning, as you are thinking about your goals, as you're preparing your goals, as you're getting your subscriptions, your, your, you know, your, your budget out or whatever it is, you know, you're, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to try, I'm going to get to this, I'm going to try to hit this weight goal or this, this goal, or I'm going to try to get to this thing by, as you are setting your goals in faith, 
have you considered what God's goal is? Have you considered? I know you've got your goals. Have you considered the goal of God? And this morning, I, I, want, I want to talk about this because we need to understand that while it's okay for us to have goals and us to have things that we're, we're, we're seeking to do and seeking to become and seeking to attain and we've got dreams and visions for different things, we've got to make sure that what we're doing or pursuing lines up with the goal of God for us. And so I, I want to start off by saying this year, it, it, our vision was the righteous shall live by faith. And, and I think we've done a great job talking about living by faith, but who's going to live by faith? Who, who's exactly going to live by faith? The righteous. The righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. In Matthew, next chapter, Matthew 6, verse 33. And we, we had this one just a couple of years ago as our vision. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. See, we, we sometimes forget that while God has done things for us to pursue us, to have a relationship with us, God has a goal for us. And it's, it's, if we'll take a close look at what God did to get relationship with us, we'll understand what his goal is. His goal for us is our righteousness. God's goal for us is our righteousness. Now you might be thinking, well, if I've accepted what Christ did for me, haven't I been made as right as I ever will be? What I want you to understand is, is that there is a measure that's been given of righteousness, and then there's a measure that you grow in, in righteousness. So we've got to understand what righteousness is. What is righteousness? Righteousness is right standing with God. Are we continuing to pursue the goal of God as we're setting our goals for ourselves. If God's goal for us was for us to have righteousness, when we are setting our goals, making our plans, making our decisions, do they line up with the goal of God? See, even when we choose to do good things, we sometimes can get our goals, uh, yeah, righteousness is somewhere in there, I'm sure. But I, we've got to understand that there is more for us as God's children and more for us to experience and to do and to give than just going to heaven and complaining the whole time while we're here on earth. There's more for us available if we line our goals up with the same goal of God as we pursue righteousness than for us just to, well, boy, it sure will be great when I die one day. The kingdom of God is available. And, and I, want, I want us to get this concept. I, so I'm going to use a, a very bad word that's used around this time of the year. 
And I want to make a parallel here that, again, a lot of people in here are going to hate. But I want to, I want to liken it to school. Okay, and then right now all the kids are like, oh, school. All right. But, but hear me. Two students in the same classroom with the same subject material, with the same teacher, can have two separate experiences based on the goals they have for themselves. They can both ask questions, but those questions oftentimes reveal the goals that they've set for themselves. One, is, one student will ask the question, when is this assignment due? Another student might ask the question, was that assignment due today? One student might say, or ask the question, can you, can you show me how to apply what I'm learning here? Another student might say, how am I ever going to use this? One student, I got a 72. Another student, I got a 72. <laughs> Our goals, whether we think about them consciously or not, come out in the way we choose to live our life. And oftentimes that sets us up for two very different experiences. Can you make this parallel to your life? Are your goals your own goals or are your goals centered around the goal of God? Are your goals centered around the goal of God? And, and please, I want to make sure that I, everyone understands here, I'm not talking about everybody in here needs to be having the same grade. I'm not talking about equal outcome. I'm not talking about equal outcome. For one, 72 might be, whoa, man, you've knocked it out. Depending upon what it is. For another, a 92 Boy, you really could have done a lot better. I'm not, and here, I, I want to explain. Let's, let's, let's see here. Luke 19, <clears throat> verse 11. While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable. Because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. Guys, the kingdom of God is a process. Okay? And our goals will determine our ability to get there. He said, a nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together ten of his servants and divided among them the ten pounds of silver, saying, invest this for me while I am gone. But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we do not want him to be our king. However, after he was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what their profit was. The first servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made ten times the original amount. Well done, the king exclaimed. You're a good servant. You have been faithful with little I entrusted to you, so you'll be governor of ten cities as your reward. The next servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made five times the original. Ooh, only five? No, that's not what, well done, the king said. You'll be governor over five cities. But the third servant brought back only the original amount of money and said, Master, I hid your money and kept it safe. I was afraid because you were a hard man to deal with. 
taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you didn't plant. You wicked servant, the king roared, roared. Your own words condemn you. If you knew that I'm a hard man who takes what isn't mine and harvests crops that I didn't plant, why then didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then turning to the other standing nearby, the king ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has 10 pounds. But master, they replied, he already has 10 pounds. Yes, the king replied, and to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And as for these enemies of mine who didn't want me to be their king, bring them in and execute them right here in front of me. That's a great, just a really encouraging word right there at the end. But, but listen, I, God isn't looking for, for equal or the same ending it comes to all. What he's asking you is, in your goals, in your pursuits, in your decisions, in the things that you're choosing to do, are you centering them around what God's goals are for you? Or are you setting them up for your own goals? See, it starts off here, he calls ten servants in. But some of them clearly decided, we don't want him to be our king. There's a lot of Christians struggling because subconsciously in their decision making they're saying I don't want him to be my that's not the goal I want yeah God I get it you want me to love my enemies I'm not really interested in that God I'm not really interested it'd be really great I just want to take what you've got and take what you've given and I'd rather just keep that for myself and not do you're following me I want to set my own goals up. See, God, that doesn't really fit into the plan that I have for my life. See, this isn't really how I know that I'm supposed to forgive, but God, that really doesn't, you don't understand, God, that doesn't really, y'all following me. Are your goals lined up with God's goal, which is your righteousness, or are you just choosing to do what you want? See, 2024 is going to be a great year. For some people. And it's not because those people aren't going to have bad stuff happen to them. Are you with me? It's not because those people who are going to have a great year in 2024 aren't going to experience some loss. Aren't going to experience some heartache. Aren't going to experience some sickness. Aren't going to experience some pain. But just like the students who by their own admission of with their questions reveal their goals one is going to have their goal lined up with the goal of the leader the others are going to have their goal well with their own leader but their leader is themselves eh, it's not really entertaining to me eh, it's not really how I think about that eh, it's not really what I was told whenever I was little and I'm just eh, that's too hard for me to think about right now what are your goals See, it's when we choose to mark our lives by the goal of God as our righteousness that we experience what 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, which says this, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. Everyone say same image. Not your own image. God's goal is for you to be transformed into the same image as himself. His righteousness becomes your righteousness. And please hear me. 
The blood of Jesus Christ made you right before God so that you could then pursue this. And without it, we'd never have any access to it. But some of us get the, we get the grace and we get the forgiveness and, oh yeah, okay, now I don't feel any shame and condemnation. And then we look at the glory to glory, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord, and we start experiencing those good things, the glory to glory. Man, we're starting to see things happen, and we're talking about living by faith, and I'm praying, and I'm believing, and I'm seeing things changed, and my finances, my wealth, my, my health, my, my relationships. But the glory to glory ain't for your glory. It's not about glory to glory for you. It's not about glory and glory for me. When we say we go from glory to glory, it's for him. It's for God. It's for the Holy Spirit. That's why we're changed. That's why we're transformed. That's why we have the ability to make decisions to change, to have goals. And please hear me. Oftentimes, we as Christians try to make good goals. We have good goals to pursue. I want my finances. I want my health. I want to be better in my relationships. I want... But is it about trying to transform our life so that we can just have a good, easy, cushy life? Or is it about, I want to pursue and continue to pursue and always be a learner? Just like what Mel said, I never want to stop. I never want to come to a place where, God, I've got enough of the righteousness of you within me. You can leave me as I am. The moment that we decide to take the righteousness that God has given us and grown in us and put it on the shelf, that's the moment that we stop in our growth spiritually. God, I've got enough. I can always turn back to your grace and mercy. I can always have your acceptance. I can always have your forgiveness. My sins are covered. And God, that's really all I want. That's not what God intended. That's not what God intended. And it's why Jesus said in Luke 10, 20, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Don't rejoice just because you're getting the experience of walking in faith. Rejoice because you've been made right with God, you have relationship with God, and that grows you every single day and transforms you to get closer and closer to the vision of what God had when he originally purchased you with his son's blood. That you would be made to be like him. So, we have to see what we do is only a part. It's the goal of our hearts that truly reveal if we're lined up with the goal of God or not. What goals are we setting? <clears throat> Whose glory are we seeking? Are we seeking his glory? Or are we seeking our own? So when you're setting your goals for 2024, whatever they are, and I encourage you to set goals. For Again, remember, where the people have no vision, they perish. You will perish in whatever area that you're not having a vision set before you. So please hear me. This is not, this is not a don't have a New Year's resolution, you sinners, message. What I'm asking you to do is, have you brought your, 
self to a place where my goal is centered around God's goal. And when you do that, I believe that you'll find that there's three kinds of goals that you can have. And, and, and again, we're wanting to get to where we have the goal of God, and that's righteousness. Right standing with God in everything that we do. I want, my, I want my decisions, I want my goals to not be for myself, but to seek out his righteousness. I want to seek out right standing with God more and more and more. That's what I'm pursuing. That's what I'm desiring. And in the areas of my life, the, the, the places of my life that I am holding back from God, what I'm doing in the transformation process is that I'm submitting those. Just like that song we said, I'm trying to get to my place where my heart is abandoned after God, where I have laid it down in the pursuit of what God would have me to pursue. So there's three different things that we're going to discuss right here. And the first one and the most obvious one that we've got to cut out are the goals where God is no factor. We've just got to cut these out. I made this goal for myself, and God is not a factor in it. Matthew, 5, Matthew 15, 8 says, These people honor me with their lips, but with their hearts they are far from me. When we set a goal, and it is solely for our convenience, our pleasure, our emotions, what makes us feel good, what sounds good, what is enticing, what we are setting ourselves up for is some real major frustration. Because if we've not invited God into our plan and into our pursuit, you're going to get deep enough in it where you're going to go, God, where are you? God didn't leave you. You're the one that walked off on that trail. God, God you, didn't, you didn't even bring God in on it from the jump. Don't be upset at God for not being in this pursuit. God, why am I not being successful? Why am I not? God's no factor in your choice of this goal. This goal had nothing to do with right standing with him. This goal had nothing to do with you operating in wisdom or operating in, in, in you've gotten some counsel. And now We can't get, live our lives in 2024 trying to live by faith and leaving out God. Well, I'm going to live by faith, and by faith I'm going to do it because that's what we because faith is an action. So I'm going to. We can't leave God out of the goals that we're setting for ourselves. Y'all, y'all with me? See, we'll have Satan laughing at us. Oh, I can do all things through Christ, but we're not even attempting to bring God in, and that's the only place that places that we have success in. Remind yourself in 2024, I am successful because of God. I am successful because of God. I have been equipped through God. So why would I want to leave God out of a goal that I'm setting for myself this year? We've got to come to a place where we are pursuing God and pursuing his goal over our own. And I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound harsh, but I think we can all get it. God doesn't care about your silly weight loss plan if it's not taking you closer to holiness. He doesn't care about it. God doesn't care about your financial relief plan if it doesn't lead you to holiness. If it's about you just have more money, 
God don't care about that. If it's so that you can depend on your money more, that's not what God's interested in. That's not leading you any closer to righteousness. God doesn't care about, okay, I'm gonna go on this many dates and I'm gonna have this many different, so I can, because I'm single and I wanna, God doesn't care about what are you doing, what goals are you setting, what are you pursuing that is not about directly my pursuit of the goal of God. If God's not a factor, don't expect to be successful in it. Please. And then don't turn around and blame God because you didn't bring him in on it. Y'all with me? And consider this. If the goal of God results in righteousness, what do you think the goals you set for yourself without him result in? If the goals God gives us result in righteousness and holiness and peace, prosperity, what do you think the goals you set for yourself result in? Do you really think the enemy who cannot create anything, would allow you to become financially wealthy that you might think it was a blessing? Do you think that he would allow you to get fit so that he could keep you vain and shallow and prideful and arrogant? Do you think? Why? What do you, do you hear? I mean, you guys get what I'm saying? It's, we, we, we set ourselves up to waste our time because we don't ask ourselves, is this a godly goal? We're pursuing things that God is trying to grow us in other areas. You and I only have so much time in a day. We all only have so much time on this earth. Why for a second longer are we wasting it chasing goals that aren't centered around the goal of God? In the end, what will, what will happen because of those goals? They're just going to all burn up anyway. It's not, y'all, y'all hear me? We've got to pull ourselves out of these goals that, have, that God is not a factor. Or else we're going to find ourselves in 2024 going through the same lessons again over and over and over because we're just, we're just simpletons. And we're blaming everybody else. I'm not trying to re-preach Mel's message. If you didn't hear it, it's really good. We have to allow ourselves to be disciplined by the word. Romans 9, 13. In the words of the scriptures, I loved Jacob, but I rejected Esau. Other translations say, Jacob I loved, and Esau I hated. How? Esau had all the stuff. Esau had all the stuff. He, here's how he rejected him. Because he despised the birthright. Here's why God, God hated Esau. He despised the goal that God had set for him as the firstborn in the lineage of who he was supposed to be. I don't want that. I want the earthly stuff. I don't want my birthright. I want a cup of soup. I need a bowl of stew because I'm hungry. We laugh at that, but in reality, in the end, that's really what we do. When we are trading God's goal for our own goals where he is not a factor, we are despising 
our birthright, your rebirthright, when you were reborn and born back into the lineage of God, your goal is righteousness. Your goal is to be transformed as a mirror image to display his righteousness and his holiness. That's your goal. That's what you've been called to. So that's the first kind of goals that we have. The second kind of goals that we have, and this is where we've got to use discernment, we've got to really look at what we've done. This takes us allowing ourselves to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. Because it sounds really good on the front end. But the second kind of goals that we have is where God plays some factor. Here's how these look. God, here's what I'm doing. Here's the decision I've made. I'm doing this. Bless me. Bless me. Bless it. God, here's this business decision I'm going to make. I'm going to quit my job to become an influencer on social media. It's what I want to do. People love me. They love everything about me. I know it. My mom tells me how great I am. So God, bless me. Bless me. God, I invited you in on my plan. It's a great plan, God. Why now? Why now has all this fallen apart? Well, God, I prayed for you to do your work in this plan that I have. For, the plan that I have set for myself is good, God. The goal that I have for myself, it's awesome, God. Can't you see, God, in all your wisdom, can you not see how brilliant I am? We've got to use discernment. We've got to be careful. Just because you've prayed and asked God, I don't want to offend anybody, but you've got to, you've got to hear me. Just because you've prayed and asked God to play some part in your goal, consider whether or not God's actually called you to that goal. Yeah, I get it. You want the blessing of God. Hey, everybody in this room, nobody in here is going, well, I want the curse of God. Am I? Everybody in here wants the blessing of God. That's not what God's called us to. God's told you to have his goals. God's called you to live the life that he wants you to live. God's called you to be the, the, the son or the daughter that he's, the example he's set. He didn't say set whatever example you want. Read my word and then you decide whether or not this fits or if it applies or if it's convenient, then do what it says. Or if it, if it goes good on a t-shirt, then listen to it, you know, sing a song about it. <coughs> no, we don't get to decide what's good and what's not. Or else we end up like this guy. Really, really cool guy for us as Christians to learn from, Pilate. John 18, verse 33 through 38. I'm reading now the Amplified. It says, so Pilate went into a praetorium again and called Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, are you saying this on your own initiative or did others tell you about me? Pilate answered, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own people and their chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done that is worthy of death? Jesus replied, my kingdom is not of this world, nor does it have its origin in this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would be fighting hard to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this world. So Pilate said to him, 
then you are a king. And Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. This is why I was born. And for this I have come into the world to testify the truth. Everyone who is of the truth, who is a friend of the truth and belongs to the truth, hears and listens carefully to my voice. Then Pilate said to him scornfully, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no guilt in him, no crime, no cause for an accusation. When we, in setting our goals, begin to question God with our own interpretation, what is truth? That's what Pilate was saying to Jesus. What is truth? Who are you to define to me what truth is? Pilate knew the truth. Pilate knew the truth. Pilate knew there was no accusation, nothing, no defense, no, no, nothing that the prosecution brought as, a, as okay, Jesus, you gotta die. But here's what Pilate did. I sure don't want another rebellion going on. It's not convenient. I, I'm the leader right now, and things ain't been going so great here in Jerusalem because the Jews are causing these problems, and they're fighting against. I really need a solid PR win right now. So, hey, here's what'll look good. I'm going I'm to wash my hands of this. If you're really God, and if you're really who you say you are, you'll figure it out. When you are setting your goals and you are asking God to be a part of it, some part, are you asking God to lead or are you asking God to follow? Are, are, are you asking God to lead or are you asking God to follow? Hey God, just get, just get behind me here. I know what's best. I, I know what truth is. It's whatever's convenient. God, one of my least favorite things whenever I see people post on social media and even, even good Christian sources, you know, when you read this scripture, what do you think it says? And my retort is, who cares what you think it says? We've got to come to a place where we understand that the Bible, the word of God was written for us, but it was not written to us. I'm going to say that again because that can sound confusing. The, the word of God was written for us. It was for us. And it's alive, but it was not written to us. What that means is, is that there was an original intent behind why it was written, and your job is not to interpret, based on how you feel in a day, what you think it means. Instead, it's for you to say, God, what does this mean? Can you explain to me how I'm supposed to apply this? Not, when am I ever going to use that? God how, do I, God, how do I apply this? God, I need wisdom to understand. Lord, help me to understand. I don't want to, the last thing I ever want to do with the word of God is, okay, I need some scriptures that line up with my arguing point, and I'm going to make this fit how I want it to say. Just like Pilate. What is truth? What is truth?
I can make that mean whatever I want. I can give the political answer. I can give the social media answer. I can give the answer that looks good to my Christian friends. I can give the answer that looks good to my unsaved friends. I can give the answer that sounds good to these people. I can give the What is truth? There's one truth. There's one way. And there's one life. There's one goal that God has for you. That's righteousness. Don't ask God to follow your plan. Ask God to lead it. And if God ain't leading it, have the same response that Moses had. God, if you're not going, I'm not going. God, I'm not going where you're not going to be. I don't want to go. Got to have the goal of God. Then the last kind of goal that we can have is we are lining things up. It's the right. It's the right one. And it's where God is the factor. God is the reason. God's the reason I am making this goal. How do we become holy? It's the only way. Whenever we let God set the goals for us. When the goals that we are trying to achieve are the goals that God has set for us. If God didn't set the goal for you, why do you have it? Why are you looking at this family over here and going, God, my family, I, I wish my life looked like that. None of us in here were born into Trump's family. Now, I'm not telling you that you're not going to be a billionaire. But he sure had a whole lot of a leg up on that than you or I did. Why are you so concerned with having this much money? Why are you so concerned with having this level of fitness? Why are you worried about fitting into that size dress or those size pants? Why are you worried about being this good at this sport or that good at... Has God called you to that goal or... Hey, God, get behind this goal, what I'm doing. Or, uh, I just got this sweet goal that I think is awesome. God, where are you? God didn't set that goal for you. See, it's a full life that we live when we live by faith, but we only experience the fullness of our life, the life more abundantly when we put the goal of God at the center of what we're trying to pursue. Why do you worry about what you wear or what you're going to eat? That's what God was saying. Why are you worried? Why are you worried about any of that? The pagans chase after all that stuff. The pagans worry about how they dress. I clothe the lilies of the valley way better than that. I take care of the birds of the air, and they don't do nothing. Why are you worried, my child? Why are you worried, my son? Why are you worried, my daughter? Here's what I want you to pursue. Here's what I want you to do. And don't worry if your grade ain't the same as the other person's. Don't worry if your life don't look the same. It'd be like thinking after hearing the way Hannah and I met and our relationship and how it, how it grew and how, now, and how it turned into love and how we got married. It'd be like you hearing that as an example and going, well, because my relationship my girlfriend or my relationship with my, with my spouse didn't happen like that, then I didn't experience true. It's different for different people. All based off of 
who we are, what families we were born into, and the times and the places and what we've had to go through. But when the goal of God is the center of your life, your past isn't the ceiling of what your life will ever be. It's the foundation. I didn't come up with that. I wish I did. But when the goal of God and his righteousness is the center of what you're pursuing and the goals you're setting, your past doesn't have any indicator on what your life is going to be like. So long as you don't mess it up. Don't go changing the goals of God because you think you need to have this level of education. Or you think you need to have this person's approval on your spirituality. Well, I can't serve God if I don't have this, or I can't do this if I don't have that, or I can't, I can't, I can't. You're making it all be about what you will, what you will, what you will, and that's not the covenant that God's called you into. You want to know what the covenant that God's called you into is? It's the covenant of he will, he will, he will. Look with me at Hebrews 8, verse 8. It's a great opening line. But God found fault with the people and said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel. And with the people of Judah, it will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant. And I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant that I will establish with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. I will, I will I will, I will. The goal of God. It's not the pressure on you. It's not the pressure on you. All you have to do is to submit and with arms high and heart abandoned, submit to the pursuit of the goal of God. Where he will, he will, he will, he will, he will. He will make a new covenant with you. He will establish you. He will put his law upon your mind. He will write his word inside your heart. And he will be your God. And the greatest thing about this is what we've talked about throughout this whole year. When God has called us to something, he will give us the power and the access to go through it. He will allow you to accomplish it whenever he's the one that set the goal. And he's the one maintaining it. And he's the one fulfilling it. Again, there's a lot of people failing at good things, at heavenly attempts, because God's not called them to do it. They're not taking the time to look at and go, is this a goal that God has called me to have? Because if so, even if it's difficult, even if it's hard, I can achieve it because he will, he will, he will. Or is it a goal that even though it's good, even though it's godly, we've just looked somewhere else, we've gone, I, I need to do that 
Because I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to. Our only job in this life of faith is to do what Colossians 3.23 says, which is this, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. We have to remind ourselves daily that what we've been called to do and the goals that we've been called to do in our jobs, in our careers, in our service. We don't do them for ourselves. We don't do it for our glory. We don't do it for somebody else's glory other than God. Other than God. That's it. Our thoughts, our actions, our words, and how we feel have to come in line with who we are saying is over our life. And when we build our lives on the word of God and God's plan, life becomes a whole lot better. I want to close with this, and the prayer team can go ahead and come on forward. But I read this quote by A.W. Tozer, and I thought it, 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 really, it really encapsulates what, what I'm trying to get across in my message to, today. <clears throat> but A.W. Tozer said this, When I understand that everything happening to me is to make me more like Christ, it resolves a great deal of anxiety. Twenty twenty four will be a great year for some. And for others, it's gonna be just like twenty twenty three. Just like twenty twenty two. Probably won't be just like twenty twenty, but that's <laughs> not wishing that on nobody. But when we don't set goals that are lined up with the goal of God, we have two separate experiences, even from the person sitting to your right and to your left. Have goals that are set and founded upon the goal of God, which is righteousness. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.